When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Geekscapists, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and this is Geekscape. We're going to talk movies, video games, comic books, TV. And uh, if you're watching this live, you might be having a little bit of deja vu. The truth is we do this show live. I love doing it live. I like the challenge of not messing up. I like the live interaction with people watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and the chat room. Uh, It I just like doing a live show. I like having audience interaction. I think Katie feeds off of it as well. Uh, that being said, <laughs> we are recording this. If you're listening to this on the podcast feed, we're recording this live on a Tuesday evening. We tried recording it on Monday evening. And uh, it's just Katie and I tonight. We're going to be talking about Lightyear. We're going to be talking about the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder Revenge game. We're going to be talking about a lot of pop culture goodness. But this is the second attempt to do Geekscape this week because yesterday, oh, wow. Sometimes when you do live entertainment, it just doesn't always break your way. And yesterday we had our dear friend who I love like a family member, Daniel Camposano, big yanks in the chat, longtime Geekscape as, as a guest. And his internet and the Commodore 64, I guess he was streaming from, just were not having it. And we tried. I gave it the old college try with keeping the show together. And between the delays, the dropped frames, the static, uh, the delay on his on his audio, wow, what a cluster F. Uh, and I just pulled the plug at 18 minutes and I said, that, wow, this, this is just not going well. So here is... Take two for some of you live viewers and take one for the podcast listeners of Geekscape uh, <laughs> for the week of, I think it's June 20th, and we're this is what we're going to be talking about. So this is take two on Geekscape this week, and that uh, just happens when you're going live, and it's worth it because it's fun. Uh, and the worst thing that can possibly happen is you do a bad podcast, and guess what? Those are all over the internet, and we have been guilty of that many times in the past. So, hi. You're making good choices, though. You're here with us. We're together. And uh, whatever led you here in life, I'm glad it did. I also want to thank not just you for listening, but our good friends over at NordVPN. They've offered us a deal for this month, only for you Geekscapists. You go to nordvpn.com slash geekscape or you put Geekscape into the uh, coupon code at the end of your checkout, and this is what they're going to give you. They're going to give you one free month of VPN protection on your plan. They're also going to give you a 30-day back, a 30 day back, <laughs> a 30 day money-back guarantee. Let's talk about going live again. And uh, on top of that, they've got the best VPN protection on the internet. Uh, I used them when I went to Crimea, that is in Russia or in Ukraine, depending on politically on how you see that situation. And I knew that I wasn't going to go over there without using a VPN to access the internet because Putin uh, and NordVPN really backed me up. So thank you, Nord, for 
having my back in 2019. And thank you, Nord, for backing us up here on uh, Geekscape for the month of June. And maybe we'll keep promoting y'all into July. All right, Geekscapists? Let me know how y'all are enjoying the NordVPN stuff. We got lots to talk about. So let's go ahead and stop delaying. Let's get to the show. Before we get going, I want to say, on top of everything I already said in the intro, this episode is dedicated to our good friend, Big Inks in Long Island, who could not be with us here today or last week because last week was his wedding uh, anniversary and he was totally happy wanting to join us. But good thing he didn't because when he tried joining us yesterday, uh, there was like smoke coming out of his computer and it just wasn't happening. So uh, here is a uh, moment of silence for Big Inks. All right. Now that we got that out of the- out of the way, uh, Big Inks is actually in the chat right now, and he said, "Primo, if only I had NordVPN to block out Incel Bot." He is blaming Incel Bot for yesterday's uh, cybernetic shenanigans, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty good excuse right there. Maybe Incel Bot uh, was going after you, so NordVPN. Maybe you need it, Big Inks, and uh, maybe your Commodore sixty four, whatever the heck you were using to connect to Geekscape yesterday, would have. Would have worked okay uh all right no more delay we've already re-recorded the show once <laughs> let's bring katie in here uh katie i gotta tell you i love having you on the show i have a friend named caitlin who's one of my running friends and she actually listens to the show whenever oh. she and i don't have like a scheduled run okay. set up and I, and uh we're running today and i honestly i don't expect any of my friends and family to actually listen to the podcast same and <laughs> She busted out with, so Jurassic World Dominion, and she starts quoting things back to me from the podcast, at which point I said, wait, wait, you actually listen to the show? And she said, yes, whenever uh, we're not going to go running, I want to know your thoughts on some of the pop culture stuff. Oh, and cool. I, usually I just tell her when we're running, but she she got her Geekscape fix, and that gave her the pop culture. What does Jonathan think of this release fix and uh yeah so I love that was that. very touching that's that cool? yeah but she also said every time i listen to the show i've never heard you have a female on and i said that's ludicrous wow because okay. my co-host is female okay so my clearly, co-host is female right Katie? Uh, occasionally yeah no uh for the most part i'm a she her uh as far as i can tell <laughs> Uh, okay. it's been a long couple of years, but yeah, no, for the most part, I am female. Um, and that's, that's awesome that she listens to it. I actually just heard from someone, a family member that said that they listen to the podcast, um, when they go through their long line of, of content, they're like, it's at the bottom, but I do listen to it when I'm down there. And I was like, cool. I, I was, you know what? I will take it. Anybody listening to anything that I create or anything that I make is like, I'm deeply honored. So anybody who's out there in the chat, big yanks or little yanks, I see is in the chat. Um, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Cause 
you never know. You never know what your opinions are going to hit or, or not hit. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah, uh, we got the whole Camposano clan up in this uh, chat room because Little Yanks, that's uh, Big Yanks' daughter, Bella says, oh, yesterday he was using my drawing laptop. Yeah, that's... We know. Uh, we also found out it wasn't quite a laptop so much as a tablet. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, we. You, it's really hard to stream off like a Wacom tablet or something <laughs> like that. It's like, it, oh, it, no, no, no. It broke my heart I, because I freaking love Yanks and like every time we game is a good time and he does have such great feedback and such great commentary. Um, but we'll get him back. We'll get him on the podcast again. Okay. So this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm getting married in October. I think we all know that. Uh, Yanks is going to come out for the wedding and uh, worst case scenario, we just do the whole thing live uh, not the day of the wedding, but you know, that week we'll get Yanks just to be on the podcast and then no technology can mess it up because we'll be in the same room together and uh, we'll, we'll get you on the podcast. Yanks uh, definitely love you. And I definitely miss going to New York and doing live podcasts with you there uh, in person, man. So post pandemic, I haven't seen my Yanks. I get to see my Yanks in October and we're going to do a podcast right then and there. Um, man, I got to tell you, your family member is loving being at the bottom of this conversation. And they're like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I got to I gotta ask, though, after going through a week of wedding planning and things like that uh, with just not even our wedding, but uh, Mark's brother's wedding, do you think you're going to have time to actually do a podcast? Or is yeah. your family normal? <laughs> uh first off this isn't my first rodeo uh, that's what i hear and that's so, what i know mm-hmm. um i definitely did a podcast well wait that's maybe what went wrong in that wedding uh, oh uh-oh. yeah no maybe i shouldn't do a podcast that week uh because it curses maybe, maybe you. don't repeat anything that i did yeah maybe i don't do that oh no all i know is the last marriage started with me doing a podcast the week of the wedding and well that was the last marriage and now i'm going into the next marriage and well you know what no I'm going to break this curse. Now, <laughs> in order to break the curse, not only am I going to do a podcast that week, I'm going to do two podcasts that week. I'm going to double down. Let's bring it. Okay, so clearly Heidi's in charge of planning for this wedding. I got it. Okay, cool. What else is new? She's been doing this since January. We're all set. All I got to do now is eat and say I do. That is what I got. That's, that's what we your, do. That's, that's your it. whole responsibility. <laughs> I get to show up, I get to mumble through a couple lines, I get to say, all right, let's go, and I get to say I do, and then we get to eat. Lordy, let me just tell you. Yep. <laughs> Look out, mm-hmm. Heidi. <laughs> uh, well, the Hollow uh, 89 over on YouTube says, do it, just do a podcast during the wedding. You know, I think Heidi would have some qualms with that. I, just putting it out there. Uh, but if you want to live stream the wedding, that could be your podcast. I don't think people will be able to tell if it's a wedding or a podcast <laughs> because we've got a lot of ex-podcast guests on the show. We've got people like Big Inks, you, Matt Kelly is a groomsman. There's a, it's going to be a pretty heavy Geekscape wedding. And there's a lot of geeky content in the wedding. Perfect. Uh, I'm coming out to a video game song. Yeah. Heidi is coming out to a geeky song. I think the never-ending story theme is somewhere in the ceremony. Beautiful. As sung by Dustin in Stranger Things or just in general? No, I, I, I will. I, I think that I don't want to spoil too much, but I think there are uh, going to be wings and elf ears on some people, not me. I'm going to look super cool. No, I'm not going to look cool at all. But uh, yeah, we have. I mean, it's it's us and yeah. the cake topper. 
the cake topper is Spider-Man hanging from a lamppost kissing Mary Jane. Aww. So, yeah, or, you won't be able to tell if it's a podcast, a Geekscape podcast or a wedding. The geek content is going to be flowing just like the wine there at the wedding. Right. Not in a mic up. But yeah, it'll be awesome. Uh, let's see. Big Ink says, Shane and I will just live stream commentary. That'd be fun. Don't do it off the Wacom tablet you borrowed from your sister. <laughs> or I'm sorry, your daughter. Uh, and uh, Hollow89 says, yeah, just give the play-by-play. And Jennifer Zhang, who we love so much, says, hi, Jaylon. Uh, Jennifer Zhang and I became friends when we were hosting the comic book show uh, together. Awesome years ago and she's been a guest on many geekscape podcasts across the network so uh yeah it's a whole geekscape affair so far uh this episode is doing a little bit better than last <laughs> night's attempt <laughs> considering you can hear us <laughs> katie i gotta tell you i was freaking out i know and uh it happens it was very stressful no and and here's the thing when you do a live show or when you do something that's just off the cuff or improvised it it sometimes does not go the way you want it to uh i was actually kind of impressed that you were like all right we have to cut it because in those situations you can tech support you can try and do some stuff but at the end of the day if it's not working it's not and sometimes it takes people a long time to cut the cord and that it, it's a bummer. It's a bummer and you never want to do it and you feel a little bit of shame. But honestly, like it, it's better to just go along with the process and just say, okay, maybe today's not the day. <laughs> no, we, this is not the day that we win this one. Uh, for the Geekscapists who are listening to this on the podcast, I'm going to go ahead and play the final moments from the feed. Hang it in there. Oh, okay, nice you're hanging little, in there. Nice little Speaking of visual gags, man, I love that you're in space right now. Um, yeah. This makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> Yanks. There's light here. Yanks is, uh, Yanks, there's something going on with your uh, computer that you got from the library in order to do the podcast. <laughs> you do pay your internet, right? Are you taking internet <laughs> off your neighbors? I, I am up to date on my internet bill. Uh, I don't know what to do. I need my NordVPN uh, system DNS system back here set up by shane so i want to cover it not show it off He's yeah by shane. your internet sounds like it's set up by shane at the same time <laughs> like, <laughs> shane's using inuit smoke signals his internet's so bad <laughs> it's not good uh disney tim allen the santa claus tv show that he's filming yanks is just rough should i talk i don't right even now. know if i should talk Oh, okay, yeah. No, I mean, I saw that. I, it's like, I don't know if it's Disney. Well, it has to be Disney Plus because it is Disney. Um, I was just about to look it up right now. Yeah, please put more of a strain on your computer. I think it's it. just. <laughs> well, no, I'm using my phone this time. Okay. <laughs> Should we. Let's be quiet while he looks this up on his yeah, phone. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no, no. Yes, John, you can try. Um, me, it's fine. This is not working. No. Oh. It ain't working. We can't be dead air, okay? Uh Incel Bot claimed another victim. It is Big Yanks. No, Incel Bot, why? <laughs> why? That is you know, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you just heard the final moments from the pulled plug episode uh recording yesterday. <laughs> if you're watching this on the video, you did not get that because we're live. Uh but 
enjoy. Uh, and you should probably listen and subscribe to the audio podcast because there's a lot more content on the audio podcast, uh, including uh, I sat down with uh, my friends, Alberto Belli. Uh, he has a movie out uh, this week and um, we talked about it on the podcast. So there's like episodes and episodes uh, that are on the podcast feed that are not on the live feed. So if you're not subscribing to Geekscape podcast, you're not listening to some of those special episodes. What do you think of that? You're going to find more content on the podcast feed. You really are. Yeah, and there's so much out there too, especially in the Geekscape network. Um, should we call that pulling a Yanks? Like a Yank? Uh, that's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. Pulling a, <laughs> pulling a Yanks. I'm pulling a yanks a big uh, yanks. it's over i'm not <laughs> going to pull yanks on this one but yeah i think i think that's uh, a good call uh but yeah as i was saying uh my good friend alberto belli had a movie called gatlop that's released this week and uh and we did a, like a interview that's only on the feed uh the writer jim mahoney turns out is a friend of a friend one of my groomsmen and uh he was the writer so i had the writer and director of that gatlop movie and it's on VOD this week, so I want to shout that out. Go back in the feed if you're an audio listener and download the episode. It's only like a 25-minute episode where we talk filmmaking. Uh, and you might want to watch the movie. It's kind of like adult Jumanji. It's too, like a drinking game from hell that four friends play together. And one of them is played by Emmy Raver Lampman, who you're going to see in the new season of Umbrella Academy coming up because she plays one of the uh, Umbrella Academy members. So. That's where awesome. you'll recognize. You'll be like, where do I know her from? Oh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, Gatlop. It was a fun movie. It's kind of like a Tim Burtony movie. Okay. That's awesome. That's what's going on. So more stuff in the feed. All right. I've pimped the feed enough. Yeah. Now I got to feed the information. Uh, speaking of movies that came out this week, I went to see that Lightyear movie. Yes. <laughs> you have not gotten a chance to see Lightyear, have you? Still have not gotten a chance. I, we had some family in town, and uh, I got to watch Miss Marvel, and that's pretty much, apart from Obi-Wan, that was the only thing I got to see. But I've heard great things and controversial things about this. Okay, so the controversy, there's a little bit of controversy. Obviously, Tim Allen's not voicing Lightyear this time around. And the logic is they recast the voice. Obviously, Chris Evans playing Captain America is Disney's box office boy uh the other thing is and you get this in the title i didn't really know how this was going to fit in relation to the toy story movies this lightyear movie about buzz lightyear who's not the toy but it clears up in one quick title before the movie that said in 1995 andy got a buzz lightyear toy after seeing his favorite movie this is that movie. So Lightyear is the movie that supposedly came out in 1994-95 that became Andy's favorite movie that caused Andy to buy the Buzz Lightyear toy that is based on Chris Evans's character in the movie. But Buzz Lightyear has Tim, the toy has Tim Allen's voice character in the movie Buzz uh, about Buzz Lightyear is Chris Evans mm-hmm. and uh that's all to say the controversy about this movie is really that there is a lesbian kiss in it. And I'm like, wait, what kids movie has a lesbian kiss in it prior to 1995? <laughs> That's the most sci-fi thing I saw was uh, this this movie that is pretty progressive pre-1995. Sure, maybe. I mean, you're going to get it in sci-fi when you have people like Ripley playing the hero. There's strong feminism in sci-fi that I think is pretty awesome prior to 1995. Uh, but that was one where I was like, okay, this is very, this is a very, there's a lot of modern 2022 themes in this film. I love them. I think they're awesome. This movie is a better 
time dilation space movie Ooh. than uh multiverse of madness than, no not multiverse <laughs> of madness what was, the, what was the, uh the christopher nolan movie uh with with matthew mcconaughey where like oh, he goes uh interstellar interstellar talking. this is a better okay really? i'm just gonna say this geek making- and y'all are gonna yell at me yes between lightyear and interstellar this is this is the interstellar of pixar Oh, no. And I did not know that this movie had to do with time dilation in the when in I got to tell you this movie's awesome. It's Buzz Lightyear is in hypersleep with a whole crew and this is how it opens. He's woken from uh speaking of woke, the movie's very woke, but uh he's awakened from hypersleep because the ship he's on has a ton of lives on it is on a course through hyperspace and he he gets to make a choice to change course towards a, a planet that could be ha- habitable. Okay. It's not where they were. And so he's like, I'm going to land there and maybe there's something that we can use. They land there and it's a mistake and they kind of get trapped there. And his whole point is I'm going to get the ship off of here and I'm going to try and get it back. I'm going to try and fix this. And so the movie starts with Buzz Lightyear making a mistake that strands a whole lot of colonists onto a planet and he's determined to solve the problem and in order to do so he has to figure out how to hit hyperspace and in his attempts to hit hyperspace he starts to interact with time dilation so every time he comes back after an unsuccessful trip people are starting to get older and that is where you realize that pixar's up to their same old bullshit with something like up where he stays the same age, but people around him are starting to get older. And you're like, Oh no, he's going to start suffering some loss. And this burden he's taken on of trying to save everybody is starting to get more desperate as time is running out for them. And now you're invested. The movie's excellent. I think the movie has so many high stakes like that, where it's definitely life and death. Um, There's tons of surprises. I know I just gave you the flat, pitch and the, the opening plot these are things i didn't know when i went to see the movie but it actually uh raised the stakes in a huge way and the stakes in the stakes kind of like stay high the whole time especially when zerg shows up and you know zerg's going to show up because he's buzz lightyear's nemesis um heidi's sitting next to me during the movie and yes it's an animated film but she kept admitting to me that she was stressed out watching it happen. Really? She's like, this This is way too much stress for me. This is too high stakes. This is too much going on. I don't know how they're going to get out of this situation. Classic third act of Toy Story 3 kind of stuff where you're like, uh, they can't get out of this. And they do. But in order to do that, they have to learn their lessons, which I think Pixar does a great job of is early on having super flawed characters. And over the course of the movie, they got to overcome those flaws in order to save the day. And um, I loved it. There's three post-credit scenes. Be ready for that geeks gave us. And again, I'm going to double down on this as far as sci-fi space time dilation films. I like this one more than interstellar. And I think it does a better job of the science. I, yeah. you know, I feel like I need to get Neil deGrasse Tyson on this podcast and uh, we Go should talk it. about, you know, time dilation and whether or not <laughs> the science works out better with <laughs> interstellar versus <laughs> light year. Like, I think that's the best debate. My defense is that it treats time dilation the same way. It understands that when you start to go with things like black holes and speed of light, that time starts to dilate and people age yes. and move through time in a different way. They treat time dilation the same way. What they don't treat the same way as character 
Here in Lightyear, the characters are very consistent. And I think Lightyear, even though he can't see beyond his own hubris, is still a very consistent character. Whereas in Interstellar, I don't think the character is consistent at all. I think a lot of the movie is... You're talking about Matthew McConaughey doesn't change at all over the many decades he's been doing film or any movie. Interesting. Well, I think think that in Interstellar, you have the smartest of the smart scientists. But they ignore stuff like time dilation is when they're doing things like studying planets, especially that planet with like the giant waves, they understand how gravity works. They understand how, how going down to that planet is going to cost them years of their lives through this time dilation. They make those choices anyway, when mathematically, if they had just done the equations, they would have realized that that was a big mistake and it wasn't worth the risk. And guess what? Spoilers for interstellar, those choices that they make aren't worth the risk. It just feels like they make those, those choices, in order to have plot and tension rather than any scientists actually making those choices. Does that make sense? You can't I just do, suddenly dumb, you're, you're you can't saying, dumb your character just to have a plot. You're saying that the science is sacrificed for the plot of the movie. And I do understand that, which the intelligence is, of the character is sacrificed for right, the plot of the movie. Right. Which is, which is the science of it. But, um, it's interesting because black holes has been the thing that Mark and I have been really obsessed with lately. And I didn't realize let your, just like explores the whole idea of like black holes and time dilation because that that enters a very trippy realm of space and the universe and how things get warped especially light and and what what exactly the singularity is <laughs> so yeah. light your discover they, they kind of like talk about this i'm not i don't want to say anymore okay just that when that stuff started playing into the plot i was it really opened up again, Disney and yeah. Pixar being up to their same old BS where they're going to put some really emotional stuff in this film of course. and the adults are going to get a lot out of it. I like it. This movie a whole lot. I want to see it again. And it's a shame to me that it didn't perform at the box office. It came in second to uh, Jurassic world dominion. And you heard my review on that last episode. Um, I think uh, it's just a crowded box office right now. And that's the way it is. I also think that Pixar has been out of the box office, uh, been out of the theater for over two years. Their last theatrical was Onward. And a lot of their which product. Was, uh, which Onward I, was. I love Onward. I love Onward. It was f- freaking fantastic. Yeah. They also released that digitally. But I think that was towards the beginning of the pandemic where they kind of were like, oh, well, not many people are going to the theater right now. So we might as well release it digitally. And that was. And an I think that the digital. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, Katie, but I was going to say that I think that the environment they created with the digital release, even though it was a right move for the pandemic with uh, Soul and with uh, Becoming Red, I think that those are the right calls. Mm-hmm. That say, being said, I think that they created a climate where a lot of the audience thinks that they can just see Lightyear on, at home, but they didn't. And they released it in theaters. And it's going to take a little bit longer for those full families who have to pay upwards of $60, $70 for their whole family to go see a movie to make that purchase, right? And I think that's the difference here is that whereas people our age who only have to pay one or two tickets to go see a movie, a family returning to theaters after getting their content at home, I think that's starting to affect Lightyear. Not to say that families aren't going to see Jurassic World Dominion, so actually my whole argument on that one well, falls apart. It's maybe just, maybe it's an age thing. Maybe these are younger kids. I don't know. I I I'm, would say that Jurassic Park has a more mainstay audience from the lore and just the movies that traverse so many years and like there's already a fandom with Jurassic 
Dominion. Katie. I, I know. Katie. I know Lightyear does too. You know I'm about I'm... to say that Toy Story came out four years after the original Jurassic Park. Right? I understand that. But That's my argument. There's still, there's still four years difference and also a little bit more of an age gap because cartoon, like you never know yeah. with animation whether or not it's going to be something that speaks to adults or or if it is if it's going to be too emotional for some more jaded adults to even go see because especially with toy story 4 and toy story 3 they were very emotional stories that not many older adults who are more jaded were really keen on seeing and so when you have the pick, because Pixar does play your emotions really well. And I think they do a fantastic job, but I think there is a faction of adult that is like, cool. I don't want to feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, big Yanks is back. He says, I know a family who paid $72 and I'd rather do Disney plus for a year and yeah. watch it three months later. And there's definitely an argument for that big Yanks. Uh, I'm in discussions about film financing several times a week. For as my for my own films, uh, for other projects we're involved in, and yeah. the paradigm just is shifting so much about uh, talking to things like talking about things like theatrical versus VOD. Uh, it's it's it, I don't know where I don't think it's ever gonna gonna normalize. I think that we're just we have a very stratified audience. Uh, there's uh, a ton of different ways to get your content, and I think that we're just gonna have to deal with it and figure out how to piece together enough to justify a budget. That being said, it's Disney, it's Pixar. They're huge. This is a two hundred million dollar movie. It managed to make fifty some odd million over at the box office. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. But uh, I, I say it's, it's I say it's worth seeing on a big screen. And Daniel Johnson over on uh, YouTube says, you know what, Jonathan's selling the movie far better than the actual marketing department. I had no idea I was this interested. In seeing this, uh, thanks, Daniel. I, I, have, I actually was I have really invested agree. in this movie once I found out what it was about. Yeah, no, I have to agree. Like the, the way you're talking about it, I'm, I'm more interested in seeing it right now because I didn't realize, I didn't realize the science aspect. Which I, like, you know, you see a Pixar movie and you're like, okay, great, it's going to touch me in a part of my soul that I didn't realize needed a little bit of <laughs> uh, attention. Um, but I also like. I feel like I've kind of set the Toy Story realm aside for several years now where I'm just like, yeah, I, I get it. It You know, it's nostalgia personified, uh, literally. And having Lightyear as Andy, the, the movie that Andy saw that got him the toy to like negate any of the Woody stuff is cool. And it's interesting. I, I thought it was a really interesting when you brought that up the first time that that's the story as it's told is the story that Andy saw. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm down for that. But this whole science aspect is way more interesting to me than, um, Agreed. than how they sold but, it. <laughs> uh, that being said, take this with a grain of salt too, because I actually really enjoyed Toy Story 4 and that may be blasphemy to some people. I don't know. Like some people, I guess, don't like Toy Story 4. I was impressed by the technical aspects of it, like I am with every Pixar movie, but I also think that they made some story choices in Toy Story 4 that matured the series and gave uh, an ending to some of the storylines that needed to be ended. Uh, that being said, Lightyear is not a Toy Story movie. It doesn't feel like a Toy Story movie. Cool. They, they're they selling this thing like Lost in Space. They're selling the plot like it's Lost in Space. It becomes interstellar within the first 15 minutes okay. and that is when you know the meme of the person playing video games casually and then when they get into like the late game they lean forward 
that's what it felt like to me. Like I was watching a casual sci-fi movie that's really well written. It has some really cool sequences in it. And then I realized that there's a bigger part of this film that has to do with science and time dilation and really put the stakes to the roof. And I leaned forward and was like, oh, shit. He's really got to figure out how to save these people. And he screwed up big time. Good <laughs> it's for them, great. man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this now. I, I okay. was like, yeah, but I'm very excited to see this now. Well, Katie, speaking of excitement and speaking of our good friend, Big Yanks, who this episode is dedicated towards. This is the second recording of this episode because we had to pull the ripcord 20 minutes into yesterday's attempt at this uh, with Big Yanks because he decided to use a Wacom tablet to join the show and it did not enjoy that. Uh, and he tried so hard. This Big Yanks was so excited to be on Geekscape. He went to the local library and I guess libraries now, the public libraries are letting you rent out podcasting equipment. And he had rented out microphones, headphones, bless his heart, uh, a mixing board. And he had plugged it into this Commodore 64 Wacom <laughs> tablet thing. And it upchucked the second. I mean, and we keep in mind, we got on the computer 30 minutes early to test this thing out and everything was working until it hit streaming. And then it took a major dump <laughs> and was just falling apart. It was really sad. And big inks, nobody's more bummed than him. Uh, so that being said, I spent almost the entire weekend with big inks remotely playing a little game that I've been waiting for a long time. Uh, ever have. since I saw the trailer, I was super stoked about this thing. And we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Oh, I just, there's nothing quite like the opening sequence of this game. It, it's so much fun. It, it gets you in all the feels. It's, it, it's sort of a recreation of the cartoon opening and, but it's better. It's more fun, but it's in the st- same style of animation. And also, like it, just the map layout is like the NES style, which honestly made my gut drop into my butt. Like I was so scared. I was like, I saw that map, that overhead map, and I was like, "Oh no, it's about to get ridiculously hard in here." That original Nintendo game, I remember sitting. Uh, I remember the first off the the sequence in the original NES game where you have to defuse the bombs underwater yes. is, br- is brutality. But <sighs> once you get past that, you really think that you're, uh, Safe? you're clear. You're in the clear. And then there's a sequence where you have to just throw a simple rope across uh, a, I died. An out, like a rooftop in order to get to this next part of the map. Yeah. And without the internet to help you, without even like Nintendo Power coming out for another month to explain what button combination just to throw the rope across the roof. If you know what I'm saying, Geekscape is back in the day, pre-internet there, you get to a part in after you bust your ass to put those bombs out under, underwater. And you're like, all right, now let's clean this game up. Let's get to the second part of this map. And all you have to do is figure out how to throw a rope across an alley. And it's insane. And And talk about rage quitting. That that game was synonymous (laughs) with rage quitting. And it was funny because I would go to the arcade and I would play the different version of the game and I loved it because you could have like... the arcade game. Yeah! Like you could have all the team there. Like you could like play with other people, which you could with the NES game but it just... One, Bebop and Rocksteady were like actually Bebop and Rocksteady and not these like weird 
versions of them on the NES game. But oh, it was just it was so much fun. And then you would go back to like the NES version and it was just so hard. And I was like, I don't understand. And then we also had Zelda Link's Awakening or any of the Zelda games on the NES that also were like mistranslated. And so it was just like you would try so hard and I just I just assumed that I was a dumb kid. Like the entire time I was playing NES games because there were so many different hard games unless it came to chip and dale rescue rangers that nes game i was there for i i went through that whole thing i love that game well kitty kitty let's do a simple test okay of whether or not you were good at problem solving in games have you beaten monkey island and how did you enjoy the ending if i have i beaten what sorry say again monkey island oh the secret of monkey island. <laughs> no i gotta go back to streaming it i really do i yeah <laughs> I'm trying to think this isn't the games, Katie. They're yeah, too no, no. Challenging for you. No, it's not that they're too challenging for me. It's just the <laughs> fact that I'm, 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 I bail. I bail when it gets too hard. But no, this game, this game is really fun and it does have different levels of challenge uh, on it. But at the same time, it, you can play, you can play April, uh, you can play, um, Splinter. Uh, Splinter. And I think you can also, we haven't unlocked them yet because we just have oh, not had haven't. time. No, no, we've. Uh, well, shall Splinter, I? Splinter is there, but no, you can unlock Casey Jones. I can, unless I already have. Oh, I spent the weekend, I Yanks. spent Saturday with Big Yanks playing this game on the Switch. And let me tell you, the Switch had a lot of bugs in it that were pretty publicly talked about on Twitter because a lot of people we're dropping on the game the game was freezing up in a lot of ways the switch version of this game had a lot of technical problems they released a patch today that supposedly it works flawlessly now according to yanks that being said we pushed through the drops and the problems maybe yanks was playing on the same computer that he was using yesterday for geekscape but we actually pushed through the game and we beat it over the weekend we unlocked casey jones and what I like about this is there's also a leveling system. So you level up your turtles, which allows your character to have more uh, more moves and uh, become a little bit more powerful. And there's also achievements. So there's an achievement for leveling all your characters, of which there are seven, if you unlock Casey Jones. Uh, there's a, a collectibles on each stage. Uh, and the achievements also allow you to uh, do cool things. But if you level everybody up, you get a really cool achievement. So that's kind of what I'm working on now. It's just fun to play with somebody and... Uh, you can play with six people at the same t- at the same time. I like can have six people on the same screen. I don't know how buggy that's going to get, but man, I had so much fun saving New York with Big Yanks. It was worth it, uh, even if it was frustrating a bit on the technical level. Now that it's patched, I'm going to go through and start leveling up my turtles with him. And you are welcome to come join us, Katie. Thank you. We do have it, and I would like to play it with you guys because uh, I love playing games with Yanks. But also, we we played a little bit before. Oh, is another podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah, Matt Kelly's adding a podcast to the network podcast network. Uh, that's the siren for Matt Kelly adding to the podcast network. And uh, <laughs> if you have a podcast out there and you want to add it to the network, yeah, we'll, throw us an email. we'll run the siren. <laughs> yeah, it, well, if, if we add them, we'll oh, run right. the siren. But Matt Kelly is adding whatever he wants, so chances are you're in luck. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yes, uh, we we played a little bit uh, in the groom's room before uh, the wedding was happening. Like that was like the pre-wedding party was that we were like in there like playing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. It was kind of the best thing, and I think that's exactly what I'm going to do for my wedding. I'm probably going to hook up the Switch and have some video games going because I don't know if you follow me at all. Uh, I have to play a video game if I have to wear a dress. 
it's just it's part of the deal of me being a human being. I have to play a video game if I'm in a dress. <laughs> oh, that's a good rule to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that's a that's a great rule, I think. Uh, the other thing that's cool about this game, Geekscape, is that is a Geekscape tie-in is that our good friend Mega Ran is on the official soundtrack of the game, and he was a host of our wrestling podcast for a long time. And uh, we're going to see him. He's actually he texted me and asked if we're going to be at Comic Con. Of course, we're going to be at Comic Con, Mega Ran, uh, and he's going to do a signing at our booth. So if you're in San Diego, come meet Mega Ran. Tell him that you enjoy the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge game, and you love that he's on the soundtrack. But I also agree with Katie that the soundtrack rips in that opening oh. uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cover from Mike Patton is fucking awesome uh, and great. Uh, Stephen Quo says, I played it this past weekend. It's great fun. And Bolt T says, for some reason, I was so pumped to see Pizza Hut product placement in the first TMNT game. Is that back? Yes. Not with the digital release, but with, with the, the physical, physical release, you can get a version that comes with a uh, coupon for a free pizza from Pizza Hut. A personal pizza, so which I'm I'm a little bit bummed that we got the digital version. It was easier to get and quicker, uh, which was fine for what we were doing, but I'm kind of bummed because I really wanted that little coupon for the personal pizza. <laughs> Katie, let me tell you, I looked up the uh, physical copy and it's not available till August. So you did the right thing. No way! Digital is the way to go. Okay. And by the time all those kids are eating their personal pan pizza... From Pizza Hut and playing this game, we'll have all of our turtles leveled up and we'll be uh, running some circles around them. So, I can't. Yeah. Do you remember those? Come out of your shell. Play it right now. <laughs> Come out of your shell. Nice wordplay. Uh, did you did you ever do you remember the the Pizza Hut commercials that would play right before a Mutant Ninja Turtle movie? Do you remember yeah. those? Oh my god, those were like quintessential Pizza Hut before Pizza Hut was kind of just like a delivery only, like pick up your pizza and get the hell out of here type of place. I loved going into those places and hanging out and playing the uh, the table version of Pac Man. Yeah, where it's a, a glass table you can put your your soda on. Mm-hmm. Um, the hollow has your back. The hollow 89 over on YouTube says, you know what? You have to factor in the fact that older games wanted to sell strategy guides or for you to call the Nintendo hotline. Why would you do either of those things? Because you want to rack up no your cheating. parents bill. <laughs> no, no cheating. Hollow 89. The only best thing you could do is try and race through a game, play it all night and make sure that you're at the, 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 the lunch table the next day. So you can be like the expert. So people come to you for, like secrets about the game. That's what being a gamer was back in the early nineties is people saying, Hey, I want to sit next to Jonathan because he could help me beat this game. And then you tell them the advice and they go and then sit with their friends after you give them the advice. So are you fast forward to the two thousands and you get it on AOL (laughs) dial up (laughs) and you go into a chat room and you ask for help. And then someone just throws in that ASL and you're like, I don't speak sign language. And you're like, Nope, that's not what that means. And yeah, then you learn a lot about age, sex, location. Um, And it's not (laughs) American sign language, just FYI. But yeah, Uh, big inks says that he joined party mode and played with strangers and the players were going into radical mode. We got to go back, John. Uh, Listen, Yanks, I've only maxed out one character. I've got six more to go. What mode were you in? Let's go. I don't know what mode I was in. I was in this let's save New York mode. I don't think it was too hard. I don't think for all the braggadocio I got about being a gamer. I, don't think it was <laughs> I was just hard. gonna say because I started yeah. it with uh, with radical mode and it it was harder. I got through like the first couple oh, levels. Uh, yeah, whatever the mode was that made it really hard. I was like, oh right, yeah, this is why these things make it harder. <laughs> no. 
no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not here to cry. I'm here to uh, save New York and, and have some fun, play with my friends, big Yanks. Who? Uh, yeah, he just wants to play some video games on his Switch, and so he connects it to a cable modem from 1989, uh, the same one he used yesterday for Geekscape, and we didn't get 20 minutes into the show, so. Um, uh, it's heartbreaking. All good. All good. All good. <laughs> We're gonna get him back. We're gonna get him back. Uh, but yeah, there's so much. There's so much more out. That, the not just the Ninja Turtles. There's Miss um, Marvel has been one of the most delightful shows that has been coming out lately, and it's only two episodes in. But I have been obsessed with this show. Really well done. Um, she is fantastic just acting wise, but the story itself, I love how they're not vilifying her culture. And I feel like, I don't know what Disney got up their butt, but they're finally doing something right with storytelling where they're not vilifying different cultures. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the newer characters that was just introduced into the second episode, you know, you might think, but I, I don't think I don't think they're going that way. I think they're going a really beautiful route with the storytelling. Have you watched it? Yes, of course. I am loving it. I think it's super cute. I think it's super awesome, and I love that they are hiring um, diverse people to direct and write the episodes because they're bringing a flavor that I think was sorely needed on these Disney Plus shows. Not yes. that I'm not enjoying the Disney Plus shows. You can go back and listen to Ian and I talk about the Moon Knight, and you can hear us talk about all sorts of the cool things that they were doing in all these Disney Plus shows. But this one definitely has the most unique feel, and it does feel like John Watts's Spider-Man movies, in a sense, because it's youthful, it's fun, it's poppy, and it's integrating a lot of the comic book art and style to it. I think it's well-written, it's really well-directed, and like you said, this actress is phenomenal. If you watch interviews with her, she is a Marvel head. She <laughs> knows about, she knows all about the Marvel universe. She calls Kevin Feige up and says, "Hey, I watched Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. I'm sorry, but the the uh, MCU is not the 616 universe." And uh, that was something that she and I that? talked about on the show. She did. She called Kevin Feige up. I was like, "What's this whole thing in Mar- Doctor Strange too about?" This being the, the 616 universe. No, that's the comic book universe for the comic book pages. The MCU is like 999999 or something that was earlier established uh, in the Marvel fandom wiki and this and that. So uh, she's a serious Marvel nerd. And she it's fun to watch this show. I like the change to her powers because mm-hmm. her powers in the comics uh, a little bit of like a super powered or a super strength version of a Reed Richards. She can like yeah. enlarge her hands. She can enlarge her feet. She mm-hmm. can lengthen herself to get like up on rooftops. This is going to tie a lot closer into what we're seeing in the Captain Marvel stuff with the Kree empire. These are, this is a mega band. I believe that this is a mega band, which is the, uh, the two wristbands that were super powered from the Kree empire that the original Captain Marvel used before giving the, his powers to Captain uh, to Carol Danvers, the original male Captain Marvel would use the Negabands to become Captain Marvel. The Negabands allowed him to fly in space, shoot lasers, become do everything that basically Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel does. But the source of the powers was the Negabands. And now we've got this Captain Marvel show, and it's got the Negaband tied into it. Well, a single Negaband, she puts it on. She's now got these powers. That's all going to come into play with the whole creeness of it. Mm-hmm. in the Marvel's movie that we're probably, I think we're getting next summer that has yeah. Carol Danvers, this character 
and Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo, yeah, all in it. It's gonna be fun. I'm very this, excited. This is a great series. I and I I'm so excited for her trajectory, just because. Also, I love that they have a story of a character who is a fan of all these superheroes and one of the most relatable comic book characters, honestly, because it's like, oh, she's a fan of Carol Danvers. She's a fan of like the Marvel universe in a way, but like, but goes to all these conventions and things and cosplays and then also gets to be a superhero herself. And like, she has these beautiful moments where she like, you know, she does the superhero like landing and whatnot. And you could just see like, oh, this is my moment, which, you know, kind of becomes a little bit more realistic in a way where she has to kind of like face reality and what it really means to be a superhero. But um, <laughs> are they coming for you right now, London? They should be. Okay. A pound for pound, I would say two episodes in, this is the strongest Marvel show, that two two episodes in that we've seen. It's incredible. So far, and the quality is super high. And the acting is so natural. I, w- I was really impressed by her mom. Her mom is fantastic. And I, I'm so interested and fascinated at what her character has to say and what we have to learn from her character. Uh, but she's also not the overbearing, like mom who just doesn't want you to go outside and doesn't want you to be a part of anything like she's a very realistic mom that you know she has her reasons but you just don't know what it is yet and i think they do it they do it beautifully they do the whole series beautifully and they mix in a lot of pop culture stuff and i love i love it's a very simple moment but when she corrects the teacher on how to pronounce her name (laughs) (laughs) it's such a great moment not to say that this show has not suffered the same fools that went after it for the woke Disney thing that they went after Lightyear for. Sure. Here you've got some of the uneducated fans saying, hey, are, like this isn't Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh, so so now we have a, an Indian like character that's a superhero. And now we have the it's the same garbage. They think that this character was made up for Disney Plus. They don't look back 15, 20 years in the comics and realize that this character has been around as part of the Champions. It's definitely part of Marvel's plan to have a young Avengers-ish team in the Champions. This is a character that's been around for a long time. And uh, you still get those fans online who are like brown, female, I must, I, like I must implode now. Yeah. All no. of, yeah. They're, they're annoying. And hopefully by the time that we really get this kicked off, like who cares? I honestly, I, I'm so tired of their opinion and giving it voice. Like who gives a shit anymore to those guys? Like, fuck you guys. I'm sorry. Get out of the way. Like we've got a lot of really cool stories to tell. And like, I can't wait to see more from all of this. I have to ask you though. Do you think they're going the inhumans route? No, really. I think that that I think the Inhumans. Um, I think the Inhumans has been played. Uh, okay. It's clear that her powers are going to be based in the Kree Empire. They're going to be based on the Negabands. Mm-hmm. I think if we see the Inhumans again, it's going to be a slight reboot to what we already saw from the Inhumans TV show. I love that they got Anson Mount back to play Black Bolt in Doctor Strange. I think that was a, a right move. It was awesome. Anson Mount is in my favorite show of the week. Strange New Worlds, Star Trek show is fantastic. It's fantastic. This is my favorite show on TV, and I'm not a Trekkie. It's my favorite show on TV. That being said, I think there's room with the popularity of the Black Black Bolt appearance in Doctor Strange 2 to do a bit of a soft reboot on the Inhumans in the Marvel Universe. I don't think Kamala Khan is going to be a part of it just because her powers are so, like, like, pretty much strongly 
based in the Kree Empire stuff going on with Captain Marvel. And that's good. I mean, she should be a part of that. Uh, well, and you I could would tell love to see too, the Inhumans. You could totally tell, too, that it was Kree tech because of the hexagonal like light that was All emitting. It. Yeah, it, the- And she sees the Kree. I believe in the first episode, when she puts them on, her eyes flash and she sees the Kree. And, oh, and she, I think we're going to get a lot of that. I think that might be something else. I don't think sure. that, I don't think that's quite Kree. I think that's uh, something a little bit uh, ancestral. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm, yeah. I'm all for it. I'm I, there's something to be said, having read these comics for 40 years of my life to not to, to still have some mystery to it and not be like, Oh, they're going to go with the storyline. I think I know how it plays out. I like the fact that they're doing jam sessions on these stories. I like the fact that her powers, that she's Aren't not an human. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's still an element of surprise. And you know what? If Jonathan wants the same old, same old, guess where he goes? The six sixteen universe <laughs> on the page. And he reads the comics. Like I, I think the MCU is doing a good job of course correcting some of the stuff that doesn't necessarily work in the comics, but is now working on the screen. And it's the same stuff that was happening with George R. R. Martin when he was bringing Game of Thrones to the screen to the TV screen. Is hey, this is what I had in the book. Now that it's on the screen, and we have to actually film this stuff. I have a chance to course correct some of the places or streamline some of the things that I wrote and how they work. That being said, we're all disappointed a little bit by the, or a lot of it by the last two uh, seasons of Game of Thrones, right. but it seems that that's not the end of it. No, it's not. And there seems to be quite a bit more coming, not just the prequel, which we've seen in the trailer and we've discussed on the podcast before, but. And I think that launches in August. Yes, that does. Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm actually very interested in the prequel. There is a new series coming out that is going to be devoted towards uh, Jon Snow. And. I'm not going to lie. I I saw that headline and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't, I don't want, this. I don't want Jon Snow. I'm done with Jon well, Snow. Snow. At the end of the last time we saw Jon, he was going North of the wall with the wildlings and all that. We knew he was a Targaryen. We know he might be the heir to the iron throne, but man, those last two seasons like landed with such a thunk. Yeah. And we're so such a letdown for us that, I, I was like, like you, like I was worn out. And that being said, we're going to have to wait for the reviews on this stuff. But I think Kit Harrington's an awesome actor. Yes. I think there's a lot of stuff there that you can do. And are they course correcting the ending of Game of Thrones? Because this is taking place after what we saw. Maybe there's room here to put a new ending on the Game of Thrones stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I'll keep an open mind. I think is what I'm going to say as a fan of genre fantasy and all that. I'm going to keep an open mind when when I start to see like the stuff that they're doing with Lord of the Rings over on Amazon. I'll keep an open mind. I'm so excited. Keep an open mind. I'm very excited for that. Only because I haven't been let down by that yet. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I guess like I loved the books for Game of Thrones, and like I'm you know very excited for the next book to finally come out. But the way the show ended, it was. I, it wasn't. It was heartbreaking. It wasn't just a disservice. It, it just felt like it was a bad. Bleh. But I love those actors, and I think everyone. I, I saw the behind the scenes documentary, which if you haven't, I do recommend that. And you can tell, like everyone put their heart and soul into these last couple of seasons, and it it's hard to, as as filmmakers we know it is hard to get a product out there and 
and loved <laughs> or continuing to be loved. We totally get that. But yeah, I, there's something that went wrong uh, towards the end there. And I don't, I don't know where it was. I, you know, I don't think it was the production side because everyone put everything into that. And I think Kit Harrington is a fantastic actor. I just, I heard that news and I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> but they're also do doing so new, many yeah. more. Seven. There's seven series for Game of Thrones. But what do we do? I mean, it just, it feels like, I guess at this point, it just feels like a money grab. And to me, as a fan of the like storytelling and, you know, the journey of these characters, at a certain point, I'm just like, okay, I, I see you and I respect the drive to get more money out of these properties. And, you know, of course, I would love to be a part of something like that. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I would also just like a really good story at the end of the day. I mean, I, I'd like how something. many Marvel shows have we watched? It's always a money grab. So many. We're down for the money yeah. grab. It's just got to be done. If it's done well, we're happy. And yeah. uh, this is where I tell you, Geekscape, is that uh, we're recording this before the finale of the season of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't know what's going to happen in the finale. I really enjoyed oh, that yeah. last I've enjoyed the last two episodes quite a bit. Um, Ian Kerner and I will come and do a a show this weekend where we talk about the season of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the final episode. Um, I'm back into the series. I'm back into it. I'm digging it. I'm digging the love letter. Okay. Oh, I'm really excited. stuff. But uh, we'll see. I don't want to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi too much because we're going to talk about it this weekend, but I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Yeah. I'm digging it as well. Speaking of which, uh, you know, a tiny, minuscule spoiler, but uh, Kumail Nanjiani was referenced in the last episode of Miss Marvel, his uh, character from Eternals, when they were talking about Bollywood movies, um, which I thought was like a really cool thing. Man, I love that Kumail is just having his day in the sun with Disney. I, you know, like... And, I just want him to light up a lightsaber and just see that glow on his face. That's all I want. He just... You know what? <laughs> I've never met anybody who knew him, met him, did comedy with him that didn't like him, didn't say he was a legit dude. Uh, I yeah. He was at a Nerdist party back in 2016 at Comic-Con. It was super nice. I'm a fan yeah. until I hear otherwise. Like he, he seems like a legit dude and he's living the geek love dream. You know? so Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's all... You know what? And that being said... Eternals, I don't think was a successful movie narratively. I'm glad it exists and I'm glad they referenced it and aren't just like throwing it under the dirt. I like right. that they referenced it in Miss Marvel. I like that that's part yeah. of the universe and they have to face it. And like the prequels in Kenobi, there's some course correction going on. There's a way to address that history in the canon and say, hey, like some people did enjoy it. We're going to, we're going to, this one's for them. And I think the Eternals in time will be something that. Marvel can reference, can go back to a bit and pick and choose kind of the better pieces in the nicer ideas that they can continue with. Uh, just like in the prequels where it's like, Hey, let, let's put some of this stuff in Kenobi and maybe have it pay off a, some dividends for us. Uh, Big Yank says that Kenobi makes him breathe heavy. That's what he said <laughs> in the comments. Geekscapists who are listening to this. Uh, I got to tell you, as we wrap up the show, I have never seen or heard big yanks breathe as heavy as he did yesterday when we tried recording for the first time and his commodore 64 wacom tablet from 1973 was failing him and he wasn't able to connect and uh it's 
it was it was tragic. The dude was so excited to be on Geekscape, and for him to sound like Darth Vader having an asthma attack. I tell you what, just... Incelbot is a dick, and we <laughs> Incelbot came in and was like, "Nope, nope, yeah, nope." I say we we Not have an out. uprising and we we kill Incelbot. What do we think? What do we think? Kill Incelbot? Hashtag singular, kill him? No. Well, the thing with Incelbot is I think he's already proliferated through the internet. He's already like. Yeah, he's he's a, a he's legion. Mm. Yeah, he's a virus. You can't. Malware. I mean, we. I'll I'll call NordVPN and see there what's we up. go. Yeah. I'll call Nord and be like, "Hey, Nord, can you program something that's insulbot proof?" Uh, they've protected the podcast so far, but yesterday there was definitely a def- definitely a, a there little was an hole in the armor. Yeah, he came in, messed things up for big yanks. Uh, I think the uh, I think I don't think he's protected on a Wacom tablet. That's <laughs> the problem. So Should you bet. can't get NordVPN on a Wacom tablet, but you can definitely get it on your computer and your cell phone. So NordVPN.com slash Geekscape. Get it hooked up and uh, don't end up like big yanks. You like how I have this uh, tragedy turn into a commercial for us? That's the way it works. That's how you get the money, baby. <laughs> well, Katie, I think the next time the Geekscape is here, my voice on the podcast feed will be with Ian Kerner talking about this first season of Obi-Wan Kenobi. But we're going to be back next week with a brand new Geekscape where we talk news reviews and maybe with a guest. I've been soliciting a lot of guests. Hopefully some of that stuff comes back to me. we get a guest on here to talk to Katie and I. And, uh, you know, maybe they're an actor. Maybe they work in video games. Maybe they work in comics. Uh, we'll find out. We'll see. Uh, if you want a creative fix, go listen to that Gatlop episode that's on your feed uh, where we talk about the making of that movie that's out this week on VOD. It's a lot of fun. Um, Katie, final words for the Geekscapists. Um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you have the chance and want another podcast to listen to, please go check out the Black and White Podcast on the Geek Geek Network. It's my friend Marie and I. We're talking about all sorts of things from being laid off to job hunting to therapy, honestly, and just, you know, trying to make it through this life. It's a very raw podcast, but it's a it's a good one. And uh we go deep, we go hard, and that's my tagline. Going deep and hard. <laughs> All right. Well, it's rare that I bring the maturity to the conversation. It's very <laughs> rare. But Geekscapist, I just want to say I love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, I know that you have choices when it comes to podcasts that you listen to throughout the week, and I'm really honored that you've listened to this one uh, and that you choose Geekscape. Go ahead and hit a share button on whatever device you're listening to this on and share this with your friends. Tell them to subscribe. Uh, there's something wonky going on with my feed where – we're over on the new platform uh, where we're being hosted, but I still see downloads on the old platform. Things are a little funky. I'm trying to make sure everything's consolidated over on Megaphone where we're supposed to be live, but I think some of the outlet podcast outlets are still pulling down from the old one. So I'm, I'm working on a Geekscape. It's the best thing you can do is just subscribe. If you're listening to me right now, you did something successful, and Jonathan will figure it out in time. We've been around for 15 years. We're going to be around for a lot more. Uh, so don't worry, just keep listening and don't hate create Geekscapist. Thank you so much. If you're on one of those apps, leave us a five-star review. That never hurts. And, uh, that's that. Um, beginnings would like to the final words. He says, thanks to my fans for tuning in. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.